don't know whether to say I apologize for everyone having to listen to me twice, or to say you have the distinct pleasure of listening to me twice. But hopefully I will not be doing a lot of speaking this morning. We're going to let the Word of God speak. So everyone get your Bibles out for me. We're going to be using a lot of Scripture this morning. question very distinctly. The question, in the way it's worded, answers the question. The question is, are there different roads to heaven? But the question on the board is, why are there not different roads to heaven? So I'm going to go ahead and answer that question right now. Are there different roads to heaven? Absolutely not. There's one road to heaven. So why are there not different roads to heaven is our question that we're going to answer this morning. And this is a very common view the, the concept that there are numerous ways to get somewhere. I, I looked at Google Maps just to see if I can make this analogy, and sure enough, from the one and a half miles that it's from my house to this building, there are four different ways that Google Maps will try and route you to get you to the same place. So the question is, is heaven the same way? Can you start at the same spot at the beginning of your life, with the end goal being heaven, and four people go different paths? following different tenets, I will say, in order to get to the same place. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that we cannot. And we're looking at why not this morning. This is a, a common view amongst those who would claim to be religious today, that there are different roads to heaven. <coughs> They'll say it doesn't matter what route you take, it doesn't matter what you believe, because we're all going to go to the same place eventually. And, and brethren, I will submit to us that that is absolutely false. Adherence to this idea, Phil, that there is not a monopoly on truth. And as we're going to see this morning, there absolutely is a monopoly on truth. This is not a new attitude. Um, this happened throughout human history. If we think of the Egyptians, when they're talking with Abraham, they recognize the God of Abraham. They said, yes, we know that you say you have salvation through the God of Abraham, but... They didn't follow the God of Abraham, recognizing that salvation. They still follow their same gods. We can even say that the Pharisees and Sadducees, yes, they recognized salvation in a way through the Messiah, but they refused to follow after someone who I think in their hearts, as we see in the book of Acts, they knew that that was the Messiah. And going on even further, uh, this is kind of a more of a historical narrative. Um, in the year 383, there was a, a Roman, uh, Roman Empire, um, Valentinian II, and, and he went, kind of adopted Christianity into the, into the Roman Empire, and he went to the Senate House, and there's a big statue of the goddess of victory. And so he, having adopted Christianity, said, we need to take this down. Well, someone came up and answered him, and he says, why does it matter by what way a man seeks truth? By no one road can man come to the understanding of so great a mystery. This is not a new idea. People have thought for millennia that there's no single way to get to salvation. Though this is not a new idea, the biblical standpoint tells us that this is absolutely incorrect. And so we're going to look at three ways in which this is incorrect, and this is by no means an exhaustive list. But the first way that it is incorrect is it ignores and it denies the claims of Jesus. 
John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus states to his disciples, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's no way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and turn to John chapter 8. We'll be using a lot of scripture this morning, so I invite you to have your Bibles out. John chapter 8. We're going to let the Word of God talk. John chapter 8, and this is verse 24. Jesus says, Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he... You will die in your sins. Reproving the fact that you have to come through to truth through Jesus the Christ. Let's skip on down to verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And it's interesting to note that Jesus will almost always use that, um, now that I'm trying to sound smart, I can't think of what it's called, but the the right there. The, uh, the definite article, the definite article, the, right there. The truth, not a truth, not some kind of truth. He says the truth. So when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, there's only one. Let's keep on looking. To have Jesus as a Savior, that's what I was afraid of, I can't scroll. To have Jesus as a Savior, we must honor him by following what he said. Let's go to John chapter 14. So we've proven that we have to follow Jesus and what Jesus has said. Jesus in John chapter 14 and verse 15 states, If you love me, keep my commandments. So we've said that Jesus is the truth. We're searching after truth. Well, how do we find that truth? We keep Jesus' commandments. To have the salvation that Jesus provides... You have to be a part of the church that he built. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Um, in the book of Ephesians, Paul, the apostle, describes this oneness within Christ. And it's this oneness that we've noticed in the truth, the way, the life. In Ephesians chapter uh, 1 and verse 22, we have this church that we should be seeking after, knowing that the church is the way of salvation, described as the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22 states, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Well, notice this. To the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So to be in Christ, we've already stated that Christ is where salvation is. To be in Christ, you have to be in his body. We can see that from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13 tells us that in order to have salvation, we have to be in the body of Christ. Uh, chapter 12 and verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ, saying that Christ is one body. Those who follow Christ are one body. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So it's one, many members making up one body. There is one body, thus there is one true church. And in order to have salvation, you have to be a part 
of that one true church. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. We've already stated that Ephesians talks about that oneness. Ephesians chapter 4, and this is verse 4 through 6. Paul states to our brethren who are worshiping in the city of Ephesus, there is one body and one spirit. Notice all those ones. One, 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 one. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So to have the salvation that Jesus provides, you have to be in his body. We've read that his body is his church, and we've read all the oneness that comes about from that church. One must also be obedient to the one faith that we read of. So we've read about in Ephesians chapter 4 that one faith. Walk worthy of the calling which you are called with lowliness and gentleness. That's Ephesians chapter 4. One Lord, one faith. We can go on to be reading Jude, chapter, uh, Jude verse 3. Jude right before Revelation. Only one chapter. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, he writes in verse 3, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith. And notice this. For the faith, one, which was once for all delivered to the saints. Not sporadically given out to them. Not that the people in Ephesus were following something different than those in Thessalonica, than those in Caesarea, than those in Jerusalem. Jude writes that this one faith was given to all the same brethren. So those who would claim that you can follow any path that you would like, they ignore and deny the claims of Jesus, saying that there is one way, one truth. And Jesus is that way, as we've proven. As we've proven. The fact that Jesus is the only way to the Father eliminates any religion whose teaching, practices, and worship is not centered on Jesus. So I'll let you in your, in your brain go through and think which religions don't center on Jesus. You can cross those off the list because we all should be trying to find the true religion. Anything that does not center on Jesus is not a religion that we should follow. The second thing that it does is it makes truth relative instead of absolute. Claiming that there are numerous roads to heaven makes truth relative and not absolute. Remember what Jesus just said. He said the truth, not a kind of a truth, not a relative kind of, we can kind of sort of follow this, the truth, he says. If the view that different roads to heaven were true, it would demand the truth be determined subjectively by man. And when I mean subjectively, what I mean by that is Determined based on the way that we are feeling, not by um, any, any kind of external evidence or things like that. It, it, would, it would demand that truth be determined subjectively by man and not objectively by God's revelation. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, and we'll look in verse 11. What we're looking at here in this verse is, is trying to find the standard. So if we're saying it's not from man, we have to find what we should be studying from somewhere. So 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 11 states, If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified 
through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. The Word of God is presented as a standard which doctrine is to be measured. We see that here. Let's go to uh, 2 John chapter 9, just a couple pages over. 2 John chapter 9. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. We have this dichotomy here. You can have one or the other. You can follow Christ, and you can follow the doctrine of Christ, and that leads to God, who is in heaven. Or you can follow a doctrine contrary to that, the doctrine of man, and that will not lead you to God. That will not lead you to heaven. So if we're asking the question, do all roads lead to heaven? Well, what's the standard for the road? And if it's anything other than the scriptures, we can eliminate that. Galatians 1 and verse 8 tells us that the one who teaches or practices anything other than the revealed word of God is to be accursed. We read elsewhere that those who are accursed will not enter the kingdom of God. God's word as found in the Bible is truth, as we've already seen. Jesus says to the Father in prayer, he says, sanctify them by your truth. And then if you turn to John chapter 17 and verse 17, you'll see a very simple statement. He says, your word is truth. So if we're looking for the truth, Jesus tells us where it is. He says, your word is truth, O God. He says, Father, your word is truth. Sanctify them by your truth. So if we're looking for the truth, if we're searching for something that to follow, if we're searching for, we've, we've eliminated anything that doesn't uh, hold Jesus as the um, center of, of worship or, or practice. So we've eliminated everything besides what we'll just call churches. Um, so if we're searching for a church that, and we, we come across one that is not holding to scriptural truth, well, we can eliminate that church just as well. Not holding to scriptural truth eliminates any church which does not recognize the word of God as its only standard. And our final point, how, or um, why are there not different roads to heaven? Our final point is it makes every man his own God, thus robbing Christ of his authority. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus says to his disciples once again, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And those that would go and try to supplant their own truth on top of that are robbing Christ of his authority. Because you're now saying that your word is better than the word of Christ, which is the word of God, as we stated elsewhere. It makes every man his own God, robbing Christ of all authority. Let's look at a couple of verses in this. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23, moving to the Old Testament. Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. Might be familiar sayings to some of us. The prophet writes, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 15. We've read that the way of man is not in himself. Of which we've touched on in our Ecclesiastes class on Wednesday night, man's purpose, man's all, is to follow God and keep his commandments. Jeremiah tells us that you can't write your own commandments. 
We have to follow God's. Matthew chapter 15, let's look at verse 7. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 7, Jesus speaking very harshly to the scribes and the Pharisees. He calls them hypocrites. And then he quotes from Isaiah the prophet. Well did Isaiah, the prophet, Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So what we see here is that teaching the doctrines of men nullifies one's relationship with God because as we've looked at other passages this morning, those who are hypocrites will not enter the kingdom of God. Jesus says, this is what you're doing. You are a hypocrite. Well, what were they doing? Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So that tells me that they're not on the right path. So I'm not going to follow what they're doing. Man has not been given the authority to devise his own ways as we see from Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 1, I invite you to turn with me there. We'll read a handful of verses from Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 1 states, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. This is Paul talking of, of his, his Jewish brethren. Because um, Paul, was, Paul, as Saul, was in the exact same boat. He was zealous. But he was going around murdering Christians with his zeal. For they are being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness. They have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Paul tells us that it was not for the Jews to make up their own religion as to how it regarded with them in Christ. They had to follow what the Old Testament left for them, recognize Christ as the, as the Messiah, and follow the Messiah. Man has not been given the authority to devise his own ways, as we've read. So, what does this point tell us we can cross off the list? We've crossed off any religion that does not follow Jesus. We've crossed off any so-called religion following Jesus that does not uh, follow the scriptures. What can we cross off here? Accepting the authority of Jesus as expressed in Scripture, add a knot to that, not accepting the authority of Jesus, would eliminate any church which has added any creed, doctrine, or tenet not found in the Bible. So we crossed off anyone who doesn't believe in Jesus, they cannot have the kingdom of heaven. They cannot enter into heaven. We've crossed off anyone who does not recognize the Bible as their way to Jesus. We've crossed them off our list too. What we've crossed off now is anyone who adds a tenet or a creed or a doctrine of their own authority. Because the only tenet, creed, and doctrine we should have is this book right here. So our conclusion is that there's one road to truth. There has to be. There's one road to truth. There is one salvation. And we know that heaven and salvation is the gospel of Christ. So anyone who would proclaim this do-your-own-thing religion cannot have the kingdom of God, cannot enter into heaven. That, that idea may appeal to the multitudes of the religious today, and, and, and granted it does, but what it shows is that those who would appeal to that don't want to bow to a greater authority. 
than themselves because they've placed themselves above God. And what they do when they do that is they rob Christ of Christ's authority. It has a note, but this, this, this do-your-own-thing religion really has, has no appeal to those with a humble heart, to those with a truth-loving soul who earnestly seek out the will of God. So let us not be deluded by this view that all roads lead to heaven. There is one path, one straight and narrow road. Those who would say, preach otherwise ignore and deny the claims of Christ. In John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All just one. There's no way to come to the Father except through Jesus. It makes truth relative instead of absolute, making the truth of man above the true truth of God. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth coming from God. And it would make every man his own God, robbing the authority of Christ and God. Jesus says in Matthew 28, all authority has been given me on heaven and on earth. And I was very pointed in, in this lesson not to name specific names of believers. Not to name specific groups because I am of the viewpoint that I am not following quote-unquote Church of Christ doctrine. That's not what we're following. What we're following is the Bible. Now there are approved names from what we can call a church, absolutely. Church of Christ is one. The saints at Jesse. Church of God is another approved example. But I'm not following a Church of Christ doctrine. When people ask me, well, well what they ask me in the South, what are you? Are you Baptist, Methodist? What, what are you? First answer is normally, I'm a New Testament Christian. I, I, I'm following Christ's teachings as, as presented in New Testament uh, uh, literature. Matthew through Revelation. And so that normally gets a, a prod. They ask me the deeper. I say, well, I attend at the Walnut Street Church of Christ. And they can lump you into a box if they want to do that. That's on them. But when we, when we are telling others, we need to be very careful not to lump ourselves in with others by calling ourselves believers of a creed or a doctrine or something of that thing. This is our only creed. This is our only doctrine. So we need to remember that God's road to salvation does not lead through a name of people. It does not lead through a specific church of people. It is not the church that saves you. We need to remember that. It's the word of God that saves us. And those who are true believers will be following how a church is set up. It's not the church first and then salvation second. It's salvation first, and thus you will become a part of a believing church. So as we go through our life and we are searching for true churches, true followers of Jesus, true followers of the scriptures, those that are not adding doctrines of their own on top of the scriptures, I think I found that church here. I think that this congregation that, that, that meets at, in Walnut Street in Jessup is one of those congregations following Christ, not doing any of these things. But we need to remember that it is not a name or a creed. It is only the scriptures. God's road leads to life, while those that seem right to men lead to death. Hopefully this has been an uplifting uh, dialogue going through the scriptures. 
Um, we're going to sing number 239 as an invitation song, and I'll extend that invitation now. We'll sing Footprints of Jesus. If anyone will come after me, Jesus says in Matthew 16, let him deny himself, demoting yourself from any place of authority. Take up your cross and follow me, he says. Sweetly, Lord, we have heard thee calling. Come follow me. And we see where the footsteps following lead us to thee. There's not a footstep and then a branch of a footstep and a branch off that footstep. There is one path, and we're following in the footsteps of Jesus. So if there's anyone this morning that needs to render obedience to the gospel of Christ, recognizing that it is Christ that saves you and you can be added to a church, we have a water prepared, we can baptize you this morning. If there's anyone who has fallen away from that church and needs to return to salvation through God and uh, return to the church, uh, we, offer, uh, we can offer prayers, we can offer, offer you um, any kind of assistance that you need. We're going to sing number 239 while we stand and while we sing.